Hello and welcome to the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the markets and helps you make smart choices with your investments. These are entirely our own views and that of our guests. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that'll be happy to chat if you need. And joining me today from Australia is Chantal Giles, who is Managing Director with our investment partner, BlackRock, and Hamish Davidson, who is ASB's Head of KiwiSaver Distribution. Today, we're going to talk about what I think is one of the biggest barriers to Kiwis achieving decent investment returns. And that barrier is the reluctance to get advice. Beyond the Kiwi do-it-yourself attitude to the house and garden, uh, when it comes to investments, most Kiwis also favour a bit of DIY and don't seek out uh, professional advice. So today I'm going to talk about this reluctance and what it means for investments with Hamish and uh, Chantel. Hamish, this is your uh, first uh, ASB podcast, and so I'm going to put you on the spot and set the scene for our listeners by asking you to tell me about your new role at ASB and a bit of background on your career. Great. Thanks, Chris. Uh, look, my role as head of KiwiSaver Distribution sort of centres on how we can be more relevant for more customers in terms of KiwiSaver. So I'm really excited about being on today's ASB podcast. In terms of my background, I've plenty of experience across customer-facing wealth businesses and working out, I guess, how we can better connect with customers and create great experiences. I'm personally really passionate about improving people's financial well-being, and KiwiSaver essentially is at the heart of this opportunity through education, awareness, and making sure more Kiwis are maximising their approach to retirement. Hey, now, when we were chatting earlier, you told me a good story about the way you've broken the ice with some of your new colleagues at ASB by asking them two simple questions. Do you want to share that uh, that story with us? Yeah, look, it's um, you know being relatively new to the company, but not new to this uh, particular area. My first question when I sort of ran into people was to introduce myself and my title, but then ask the obvious question, and that is, can you explain to me whether you know how much you feel you'll need at retirement and are you on track? And unfortunately for most people, they didn't really have an answer to either of those questions. They didn't necessarily understand how much they might need and they certainly didn't know whether they were on track or off track. So look, just fascinating insight really in relation to where people are at with, in relation to Kiwi yeah, we'll, um, we're going to touch on more of those uh, sorts of questions later on. And, and Chantal, you're you're back in the office now in Australia. How would Hamish's uh, icebreaker go down if you asked people those questions if you went around the office? Yeah, Chris, it's really great to, to be back in the office. You know, meeting new people uh, is just incredible. We have around 40 new people, so lots of people in Hamish's situation. So it's really great to be back having conversations and icebreakers like that. Excellent. Hey, so um, Hamish, let's uh, let's start with a couple of questions for you. Um, what do you think uh, Kiwi's main concerns are when it comes to seeking out financial advice? What are the causes of this reluctance? Look, great question. First of all, I think most people think that advice is, is really expensive and it's a complex process. For something like KiwiSaver, it can be really simple, 10 to 15 minute conversation and, and it's free. Secondly, I think a lot of people sort of no, naturally are somewhat intimidated about money and talking about it, which is all the more reason really to get some advice and guidance around saving for retirement and creating wealth. Additionally, people are also not sure who to trust, whether the advice will be unbiased and whether there's any commission associated to it as well. And they think it's only useful to people who already have a lot of money invested, which categorically isn't the case at all. 
So in terms of KiwiSaver, many people just don't consider it to be part of their overall retirement strategy. And that's partly driven by the fact they see a very small amount coming out on a regular basis, and it can be a little bit underwhelming. However, when you're showing what it can add up to over time, you quickly realise why getting advice is so important and the power that making small changes now can really have over time. Yeah, that really echoes uh, what our surveys show us too. And I've been a- analysing our investor confidence and KiwiSaver survey for uh, for years and years now. And, and one of the well-known issues that comes out of that is that Kiwis are very, very focused on housing and much less so on investments. And I think that's sort of understandable given our country's history and how important the family home is and our identities. But as we, I'm sure, all agree that good retirement's not about where you live, it's about uh, your, your savings and investments that you put aside as well. And and our KiwiSaver survey shows that most people don't have a strong knowledge about KiwiSaver itself um, or how much they need to save for retirement. So this is a good time to ask Chantelle a few questions about BlackRock's research on what's happening offshore. And uh, the, the research of BlackRock's that I've read suggests this isn't just a Kiwi reluctance when it comes to getting some help. Is this what you see around the world within, within your BlackRock research, Chantelle? Yeah, Chris, so we do a global survey every year and, you know, we see really similar themes. We really see that people around the world have very complex and unique relationships with money. Really interestingly, money remains a taboo topic, um, but people are still open uh, to more information and need to determine what information they can really trust. What we're also seeing is uh, finance is a leading cause of stress um, and many people are not where they want to be or need to be. So advice and advisors can really help guide that conversation with clients and make them feel more in control with their finances. And really having a plan alleviates a lot of that stress. And I started the podcast by saying that a reluctance to get advice is a big barrier to achieving investment returns. So what does the research show us about some of the consequences for investors of not getting advice? Yeah, that's right, Chris. So most are not confident um, making financial decisions and that leads to hoarding of cash and underinvesting. So people are far more confident saving than investing. And, and we see that, you know, everywhere people prefer term deposits over something like a diversified managed fund. Um, but we see cash is often held as a safety blanket, you know, meaning there's too much on the sidelines. Um, and if you're fa- saving for the longer term, particularly for something like retirement through your Kiwi saver, you shouldn't be waiting for the right time to invest. Um, inflation alone can significantly impact your money. So $100,000 in 2001 would be worth around 60000 today. And with the inflationary environment we're currently heading into, I think that's a really important point. Um, but the right advice um, can help educate clients and show them that the market in a well-diversified portfolio is far better than sitting in the sidelines um, in cash. And finally, there's a clear distinction between how men and women view money. Uh, in the survey, we take a lot of insights around women wealth and well-being um, as well. And that shows that women tend to not see themselves as investors, more as savers. And a fun fact we see is women say they rather plan their own funeral than their own finances. Uh, so advisors can really help women feel more comfortable too about investing and achieving their financial goals. That, that's terrible. I can't believe that someone would um, prefer to uh, plan their own funeral than their finances. And, and hopefully we're not that boring to talk to that, uh, that, that creates that association. One of the other things that we've seen over the last couple of years in particular 
is that access to advice can really make a difference when markets are volatile. When the pandemic was beginning, we saw that very, very large dip in markets and it impacted investor balances and, and people that were getting advice seemed um, more, they might not have liked it, but they were more likely to to stay put with their strategies rather than just switching out um, into lower risk funds or switching out into cash. And uh, so advice really, really helps when markets are a bit volatile and now's one of those times too. But let's talk about a uh, an interesting comment you made saying that money is a taboo topic. With people not necessarily liking to talk about money, can technology play a role here? Examples being online tools that can help people make decisions as well uh, and to make sure they're in the right fund and to monitor their investments. What are some of the global trends you're seeing uh, in this area, Chantal? Yeah, Chris, so our research indicated only 22% of people consulted a financial professional before making a major decision. They'd much prefer to have a conversation with a, an auntie, a friend. But what we are seeing is that when people are seeking financial information, they're looking for technology to add a layer of trust to the human interactions. So their preference is really for a mixture of technology and human support. Uh, and this is likely to remain true moving forward. But of those surveyed, 55% said they preferred an equal technology and human hybrid for money management. Um, so they're looking for information that they can trust and from sources they can trust. Um, and transparency is really, really important to them as well. But there's still this real desire to maintain that personal interaction. Yeah, I think there's nothing quite like uh, someone to talk to. Uh, uh, we see that when markets are volatile and people want to pick up the phone and ask us what's going on. But that's also the case when people's needs uh, and situations are so complex. And in this vein, two things that are uh, they're getting complicated that BlackRock's research highlights. Uh, firstly, the meaning of retirement, which seems to be evolving. And secondly, people's thoughts about work are changing. What are some of the issues and consequences that research into those two issues highlighted? Yeah, that's exactly right, Chris. We just started the conversation around, you know, how BlackRock's moving to this, you know, new future of work and we're all back into the office. But really work is changing. And so the future of retirement's changing. And so the definition of what retirement really is, is going to change because all of our behaviours are changing. Um, so what we're seeing today is this balance of addressing today's needs and even our wants with saving for the future is becoming more and more complex and difficult than ever. So most people think that they're not on track with reaching their financial goals, but they're still delaying engaging with advisors uh, or pro professionals that can really help them think about this. So all of that combined, I think advisors can really help blend that personal interaction and technology to provide clients with a journey and a service model, because that's also changing, again, the interaction with uh, technology and humans. And that's going to need to be aligned to their needs today, but also with their retirement needs in the future. It's so complex. I, I would have never believed you if you told me back in January 2020 that my days of commuting were soon to end and I'd never go back to my desk in the office again. But here we are two and a bit years later and that's exactly what's uh, happened. And for listeners that are interested in some of these insights um, that we've been discussing, it's all available on BlackRock's website. So look up the Global Investor Pulse Survey. Um, the latest one's called People and Money and it's it's got some really interesting insights in it. Now, um, Hamish, let's turn back to New Zealand. Uh, what are some of the highlights of the investment research you've been reading in New Zealand? 
Look, there's plenty of research to go through. Uh, a recent financial services report called Money and You, Breaking Through the Advice Barrier, so it's got a pretty good heading to it. Um, that surveyed around 2,000 Kiwis, and, and what they found was that people who got advice on their KiwiSaver have, on average, more than 50% more in savings compared to those who didn't receive advice. So, you know, pretty compelling stat. Um, another thing is there's fairly strong evidence um, that, you know, on average, the savings levels that Kiwis have at retirement is still significantly below the benchmark that's required. And those numbers that are published by Massey University are a good benchmark for people to get a sense of what retirement figures they should be aspiring to to have a comfortable lifestyle. In addition, spending time with the specialist, I guess, to get advice and guidance on your KiwiSaver fund and the contribution levels provide invaluable insights on options that allow people to aim to achieve a certain outcome at retirement, be that at 65 or another age. So having a debt-free home, you mentioned this before, at retirement is a worthy achievement. Everyone, you know, that's, that's a nice thing to achieve, but it doesn't produce an income to live off. So building up a stronger Kiwi saver balance is super important. Yeah, I think it's such an important insight that most of the investors we survey are not confident about their knowledge of KiwiSaver or how much they need to save for retirement, but such a small portion of people are, are seeking out advice. There's so much work to do and the need for advice will continue to grow, I'm sure, as people's investment balances uh, grow and they focus more and more on the returns it can generate. And uh, just before the call, I was looking at our latest survey results. Only 26% of respondents felt they had a strong knowledge of how KiwiSaver operated, and only 32% of respondents said they know how much money they will uh, need on a year-by basis in their retirement. So um, it's it's clearly a problem we can see it in the in the data and in the survey. So Hamish, where do people start? Well, firstly, it's pretty important to highlight that advisors are people that help you plan and achieve your financial goals. That's very different from someone who helps you, you know, pick a stock or an investment management. So customers need to be prepared to discuss their finances. But the advisors make that really easy. Kiwis that have obtained advice overwhelmingly agree that advice helps them. We know that the, the market research tells us. And there really isn't any downside to engage a KiwiSaver specialist. So in my role, I'm fortunate enough to work quite closely with some of the frontline teams. So I get good sound snippets of things that we are doing for customers. And I've got a couple that I probably want to share. So a great example was a customer that had no real idea of how KiwiSaver worked, particularly in the first home space. And we were able to provide an estimated balance based on his current level of contributions and the fund that he had selected. Then we realigned both to better suit his time frame and give him a more realistic shot of getting into his first home. The customer was super happy. He'd taken the time to sit down with us and run through this. And, and it's quite amazing when you think that that interaction stemmed from someone who just wanted to know a little bit more about KiwiSaver, but the value of sitting down, going through the process, really opened up a lot more thinking and a lot more positive outcome for that individual. Another uh, example from a customer who had recently used their KiwiSaver for a first home purchase, and they went through our advice process really to set themselves up for, you know, I've now acquired my home, but what does my retirement look like? And the first thing that we did is we helped help them sort of change their fund selection because now that they're on a longer time horizon, they could choose a different fund. The second thing is we helped them to provide clarity on, on the contribution level. So he was currently making a small amount and we showed him the impact of increasing 
that level and what it would look like for his future estimated balance. And I guess the cool thing about our process is we can help you understand what three, four, six, eight, or even 10% looks like coming from your pay and how a small amount of a regular additional contribution can make a significant difference by 65. And it's a, it's a real game changer. So I guess in summary, good advice is really just a phone call away. The easiest option for customers is to call one of our KiwiSaver specialists. It's a free service regardless of your KiwiSaver account balance and they don't work for commissions. This means that they'll give you information that works best for your goals and your timeframe because they aren't influenced to push you toward a product that gives them a higher commission or a fee. And likewise, our wealth managers can provide free non-commissioned advice and guidance for managed investments outside of KiwiSaver. Yeah, when when you were talking there, I just thought imagination is 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 everything, and and having the ability to sit down and say, hey, we know you probably don't have much of an idea how much you need for retirement, so let's get talking about it. People aren't alone feeling that, but then to be able to say, if you do this, this is what your retirement savings can can look like. It's such a powerful tool, and there's plenty that people can get out of simply just picking up the phone and and having that conversation, or at least getting it started. And personally, I'm still surprised at how many people I come across when I'm talking with them that aren't even sure how to maximize some of the basic benefits of KiwiSaver, even to the point of being unsure of what they need to do to get the government's contribution each year. Is that what you're finding in these conversations? Yeah, look, that's exactly the sort of thing that we can clarify for people. A minimum contribution of $20 a week ensures that KiwiSaver customers actually get the government a contribution of $541, which, you know, makes a heck of a lot of sense. So there are a lot of Kiwis who are collectively missing out on hundreds of millions of dollars in relation to the annual government contribution, let alone that if they put a small extra amount aside, that actually maximises the potential savings and the overall benefits of KiwiSaver. So essentially by going through, you know, our quick and our simple advice process for KiwiSaver, our customers get visibility on how much they are currently on track to have at retirement age. And importantly, they get to see some options they can consider implementing if they wish to lift this amount and have a more financially comfortable retirement, which, look, let's all face it, everyone wants to achieve that. So touching on an earlier point that Chantal made about technology, the other thing that we can provide for people is if they prefer to do some of this online, the ASB tools that we have for online KiwiSaver and support functions are fantastic. And they allow customers to check their balance, see how they're tracking against some of their own self-selected savings goals, and they can play around with contributions and see what that does to their balance by 65. So, you know, really powerful tools. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one that I like having a, uh, a fiddle with, and um, you can see the consequences of, um, of saving a bit more, and also um, it's kind of encouraging for um, some of the um, looking at discretionary spending we're doing today when you see the cost you're paying for it in terms of your savings tomorrow. So uh, what's the uh, the strap line? And, um, embrace advice, um, whether that's uh, face-to-face, uh, on the phone, online, or a, or a bit of it all. It, um, it can make a big difference. So uh, thanks for those thoughts and particularly the customer stories. And Chantal, do you have any final thoughts uh, for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, 
you probably don't know, but I started my career as a financial advisor. So I'm incredibly passionate uh, and, you know, really hope that people embrace uh, advice. Um, at BlackRock, we really believe that knowledge is power and advice has an incredibly important role to play in empowering people to achieve their financial goals. Um, so by seeking financial advice, we see that people can become closer to financial security, being debt free, feeling more confident about savings and investing for retirement um, and investing to fulfill all their personal goals. And most importantly, learning more about investing, which, you know, in my opinion is, is really fun. Yeah, those are, um, those are great insights. And, and these issues are complicated and a lot of people aren't sure that they're on the right track. In some ways, it's, it's reassuring to know that, um, individually we're not alone. And, and likewise, as a country, this isn't, uh, just a, uh, a New Zealand issue as BlackRock's research shows. So thanks for sharing uh, all of those insights. Uh, they're, they're so valuable. And I think the other thing is getting good advice can be a rewarding process. And I'm sure you found that being an advisor. Um, and it's rewarding for, for savers when they're prepared to put the time in. So I, I hope between the three of us, we've clarified that financial advice is not a conversation about the latest products. It's a conversation about people and, and their goals, which is, which is far more exciting. So, uh, Chantelle, thanks for sharing all of those insights with us today. It's been great having you on the call. Thanks for having us, Chris. And same to you, Hamish. It's been good uh, talking with you. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll finish this virtual world of living and working at home and, and get back into the office at some stage and we can meet up face to face. But it's been really good uh, making this recording with you today. It's uh, some great insights. Sounds good, Chris. And it was great to be involved. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on a future show, get in touch at podcasts at asb.co.nz. Interests in ASB KiwiSaver Scheme and ASB Investment Funds are issued by ASB Group Investments Limited, a wholly owned subsidiary of ASB Bank Limited. For more information, see the scheme's product disclosure statement available from ASB's website.